The Atlanta Braves finished a huge homestand going 5-2 and two against the New York Mets and the Houston Astros. They do so in part to some great starting pitching by the Braves starters. We'll talk about that, and we'll give you our weekly minor league update, including some performances from Mike Soroka and Ian Anderson, and also a new updated top 30 prospect list put out by MLB Pipeline. We'll talk about that and set you up for this week's action for the Atlanta Braves, all on today's episode of Lockdown Braves. So let's get into it. You are Locked On Braves, your daily Atlanta Braves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, and welcome back to Locked On Braves, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, where we cover your favorite Atlanta sports teams each and every day. I'm your host, Jake Mastriani. You can follow me on Twitter at shortstopball. Check out my bio there to see where I'm covering the game of baseball, including the Atlanta Braves in written form over at tomahawktake.com, where I'm the co-editor. Also, make sure you follow the podcast on Twitter at lockdown underscore Braves. Send in any questions, comments, or feedback that you have for the podcast. Subscribe to us on YouTube. Hit that thumbs up button and that notification bell. And thanks for making Lockdown Braves your first listen each and every day. We post episodes daily, five days a week, Monday through Friday, and are free and available on all platforms. On today's episode, going to recap the weekend where the Braves get a series win over the Houston Astros, finishing up a big homestand. Talk about the starting pitching and how great they were this past week. And then give you our weekly minor league update, including the rehab performances from Mike Soroka and Ian Anderson's outing as well at Gwinnett. And a new top 30 prospect list put out by MLB Pipeline. And then we'll finish up previewing the week ahead for the Atlanta Braves. But let's start with the weekend. The Braves get a series win in the World Series rematch against the Houston Astros. Thought they played really great in that series. And honestly, all week, they have a 5-2 and week in which they played seven games against the New York Mets and the Houston Astros, teams that I think many would consider to be among the best teams in all of baseball. So that's a pretty good week right there. Braves now are they're four back in the NL East because they couldn't get hardly any help from the Philadelphia Phillies over the weekend as they lost a four-game series to the Mets, including a brutal loss on Sunday where the Phillies continually blew leads late in that game and ended up losing 10-9 to to the Mets. So the four back in the East had a big lead in the wild card for that top wild card spot. Still very important, very relevant. And I know we're all still looking at the division, wanting to win the division, and you should because you get to avoid that first round if you do with where the Braves' record is at. But getting that top wild card spot is the next best thing, and that's very important to make sure you have that home field advantage in the first round of those playoffs and the Braves have an eight game lead there over the Phillies and the Padres for that top wild card spot. So you feel pretty good about their chances there. Um, I tweeted this out on Sunday. The Braves have not been good in Sunday games. Most of you know, they haven't been great in day games, but you look at Sunday games this year, they're now eight and 13 in Sunday games Went zero and four in April, lost their first five Sunday games, two and three in May, three and one in June, the only month, they have a winning record on Sundays, two and three in July, and they're now one and two in August. So I don't know what's to explain for that, but they have not been great in Sunday games. But 
I want to circle back looking at the Braves week that they just had going up against the Mets and the Astros, the biggest homestand of the year for the Atlanta Braves. And to me, they've proven they're still one of the best teams in all of baseball. And I'll be honest, I was questioning that a little bit, you know, not too long ago. Yes, they racked up a lot of wins against bad teams, which is what good teams are supposed to do, but they hadn't really played well against the top teams in the league. And you're starting to see that narrative change a little bit. You win a four-game series against your division rival Mets, and then you follow that up with a series win against the Houston Astros, perhaps the best team in the American League. I think coming into this past week, most people considered the Dodgers, Astros, Mets, Yankees as the clear top four in all of baseball. I think the Braves have entered that discussion. And I don't usually do power rankings on here, but if I'm power ranking Major League Baseball right now, I still have the Dodgers at number one. And you know the Braves are two and four against the Dodgers this year. They are literally half an inch away from being three and three against the Dodgers this season. And then I got... Two A, B, and C, whatever order you want to put them. I think Mets, Braves, and Astros are all right there behind the Dodgers at the moment. And then the Yankees, the way they've been struggling, I think they they slide to the fifth spot when you look at the top five in all of baseball right now. So this past week was significant, I think, for, for the Braves themselves, giving them confidence against the best teams in baseball. I think for the fans, which doesn't mean much, I think it gives us a lot of confidence as well, knowing going into a playoff series – you know, there's nobody really for the Braves to be afraid of. They play their game. They can beat anybody. And I think they've proven that this past week. Now, I wanted to talk about the starting pitching this past week, which was just incredible. You look at the starting pitching in total, 41 and two-thirds innings, 32 hits allowed, nine walks, 13 earned runs, 51 strikeouts. That's a 281 ERA and a 0.99 whip. Again, going up against two of the best teams in all of baseball. I've talked about it all year. I feel like this starting rotation is one of the best in baseball. I know at times they've struggled with that. Morton's been a little bit up and down. You know, Freed's been there all year. Kyle Wright's been really solid, you know, all year. I know he was great to begin with, then was kind of more of a four ERA pitcher. Um, Now he had the arm fatigue, but it looked really great coming back from that. You know, Strider, every now and then, he'll have an outing where he's just not able to go very deep. But even in those outings, he's still not giving up a lot of runs. So I think this is one of the best starting rotations in all of baseball. I think, again, they've proven that over this past week with the way they perform. And those numbers I just gave you, you take out Jayco Rizzi, who gave up eight of those hits and allowed five of those runs to score. Those numbers are a lot better. And those are the guys, Strider, Freed, Morton, right that are going to pitch in postseason games so you feel very good about those four guys at the rotation that fifth spot a little bit questionable we'll talk about more of that in the final segment when we preview monday's game where jaco de will pitch again the other team other th- takeaway for me this past weekend there's no quit in this team and you love to see that and that's really what you saw you know the past four or five years under brian snicker is there is no quit in this team they battle back twice on Saturday, they do so on Sunday as well against a very good closer and Ryan Presley. And so that is great to see right there. And then Von Grissom, he's working towards winning the third NL Rookie of the Month award this week for the Atlanta Braves. Michael Harris, Spencer Strider have already done so. 
And you look at the work that Von Grissom's done since being called up on August 10th. He's 17 for 43, slashing 395, 447, 674 with an 1121 OPS, three doubles, three homers, 12 runs scored, nine runs batted in, four walks, eight strikeouts, and two stolen bases. Certainly, he has put in the work so far to be considered for the rookie of the month in August. You just wonder if you know not being up for those first nine days maybe holds him back and his own teammates. But what Von Grissom is doing, we could see the Braves win the NL Rookie of the Month award for the third time this season if Von Grissom puts this up. And it's just been incredible to watch him play what he's done so far with this Braves team and just really all these young guys. But Grissom is the latest one. Just the confidence that he has going up there and the confidence I have with him. Look, I love when Grissom and Harris, the guys at the bottom of the lineup, are coming up late in games. You feel like they're going to do something special. Their speed is making a huge difference. I talked about that the other day. So uh, hopefully they keep it up, and I think it's gone a long way in helping this team really turn a corner and become one of the best teams in baseball again, like we discussed earlier in the podcast. So Hopefully Grissom keeps it up. Would love to see the Braves win another NL Rookie of the Month award this year. I think that would be pretty awesome. All right, next, I want to turn our attention to the minor leagues where we got a lot of news to talk about from this past week and some good performances, including Mike Soroka, who could be working his way back soon. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. Find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sport wagering information from live in-game betting, scores, and podcasts. They have you covered. Head to bet online today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening. Bet online where the game starts. So, a lot happening at the minor league level for the Atlanta Braves this past week. One of which is that MLB Pipeline put out their updated top 30 list, including recent draft picks in the 2022 MLB draft. I thought this was significant to mention and talk about because going into the draft, we discussed the fact that this was a huge draft for the Atlanta Braves. They traded some good prospect and Drew Waters uh, and others to get some more draft capital in this draft, knowing their farm system is lacking the depth. And so they, they had so much momentum going into this draft, such a big draft for them to recoup some of that depth and to fill a lot of these guys in here at the top. And they certainly have done that. Seven players that were recently drafted or MLB on MLB Pipeline's updated top 30 list. And that doesn't include my guy, David McCabe, who I think is one of the going to be one of the better hitters in the Braves, Braves farm system, maybe by this time next year. You look at the top 10 for MLB Pipeline's updated list. They have Vaughn Grissom, obviously consistent, consensus number one. Uh, then it's Kyle Muller, Jared Schuster, that's pretty much a consensus top three among any list that you're going to read right now for the Atlanta Braves. That's my top three, uh, Grissom, Muller, Schuster. Um, then they have Bryce Elder. I feel like that's a little high for Bryce Elder, and I love Bryce Elder, but I see him as more of a, a third or fourth type starter. And I think some of these other guys deserve to be ahead of him. They have the recent number one pick for the Braves, Owen Murphy. 
behind Elder at number five. Then J.R. Ritchie, who was taken second in the uh, recent draft. And they have Braden Shoemake, which is a little questionable to me. He fell out of my top ten a long time ago. He's obviously hurt now, going to miss the rest of the year. I just don't think Braden Shoemake deserves to be in a top ten on the Braves prospect list right now. Really not even top 15, maybe even not top 20. Then they have Freddie Tarnock, who I would have up a little bit higher on this list. Uh, he, he's been one of my favorites for a while now. I love the stuff there. Then Cole Phillips, their third pick in this uh, last draft. He's out for the rest of the year and maybe much of next year as well after having Tommy John surgery, but a lot of upside in that arm. And then A.J. Smith-Shawver, um, they have 10th on this list. That's the top 10 that they have. Some other notables, they have Justin Henry Malloy at 13, making a big jump. Cal Conley behind him at 14. Adam Meyer, a guy the Braves went way over slot for in the most recent draft. They have him at 16. Darius Vines, they have at 17. I feel like he should be a little bit higher. Brendal Mosquita, a guy we've talked about a lot this year. He's at 22. Drake Baldwin, another recent draft pick. They have him at 23. And Seth Keller, a sixth-round pick who the Braves went over slot on. They have him at 24. Then again, I mentioned seven recent draft picks in their updated top 30. Just tells you how well the Braves did in this draft, getting a bunch of quantity and I think quality prospects, uh, that as, as, as you can tell by the ones that are listed in this top 30. And just really excited to see what this list looks like when they update it again, you know, midseason after we get a lot bigger look and sample size at some of these recent draft picks. All right, Mike Soroka made his second rehab start, made two rehab starts this past week. First one in uh, Rome was very good on Tuesday. Made another rehab start in Gwinnett on Sunday. Results weren't as good. Three and a third, six hits, one walk, two earned, no strikeouts after striking out eight of the first nine batters he faced in his first rehab start. He did pitch three scoreless innings to begin, then the fourth inning, three singles and a double to start that inning, and that's where the two earned came around. Um, still from reports that I saw there, you know, everything looked good. The velocity looked fine. Uh, seeker just wasn't quite as moving quite as much as it was in his first start. Saw a um, quote that Grant McCauley grabbed from Mike Soroka saying, you know, he was just kind of frustrated. He wasn't able to duplicate that success that he had his first rehab start and was kind of fighting that a little bit instead of just focusing on, you know, making his pitches. So, Again, I think he threw 50-plus pitches in this one, 45 in his first one, so continuing to make that progression as far as his pitch count. I still think he makes at least two more rehab appearances, maybe three, and then we could potentially see him in the first or second week of September. Um, But still, good to just see Mike Sroke out there continuing that progress as he looks to make a comeback. I want to mention Ian Anderson. He started on Friday as well. For Gwinnett, five and a third innings, two hits, four walks, no earned runs, seven strikeouts, and 101 pitches. Line looks like more of the same for Ian Anderson as what we've seen, just wasting too many pitches, walking too many batters, not giving up a lot of hits, and being able to rack up strikeouts. Now, that's pretty much what we've seen from Ian Anderson in, in his career. But it's possible he was working on some things, so you know I wasn't able to watch all of all of the start. So there could be some things he was working on. We don't really. No, that doesn't show in the box score, but still four walks. Uh, that's still too many uh, that we're seeing from Ian Anderson right now. All right, going to go through my top 10 and tell you how they did this past week. Kyle Muller, six innings, five hits, two walks, one earned, four strikeouts, solid start for him. 
Jared Schuster, a good start as well. Six innings, five hits, no walks, two earned, three strikeouts. He has just 14 strikeouts in 21 and two-thirds innings at AAA so far after having 106 strikeouts in 90 and two-thirds innings at AA. Not really sure the reasoning for that. You saw the difference in Mike Soroka and the strikeouts he got at high A compared to moving up to AAA where he got no strikeouts. So uh, maybe there's just more an emphasis at AAA and putting the ball in play. Obviously, there's a lot more major league caliber talent there, or players that have played in the big leagues before at AAA. But just thought that was curious. Wanted to point that out that the strikeout numbers for Schuster have gone down dramatically at AAA. Freddie Tarnick pitched out of the bullpen, three and two thirds innings, five hits, no walks, one earned, six strikeouts. So solid in relief. Both he and Darius Vines worked out of the bullpen for Gwinnett this week. Part of that. There's a really deep rotation at Gwinnett right now. Plus, you had Soroka making a rehab start. You had Ian Anderson uh, join the rotation as well. You got Muller. You got Elder. Uh, so the rotation at Gwinnett right now is just really deep. So you saw Tarnick and Vines working out of the bullpen. Uh, go ahead and mention Darius Vines. Three innings, three hits, one walk, no earned, and three strikeouts in relief. A.J. Smith-Shawver still out. He hasn't pitched since August 5th when he left the game after just one inning. Still no update on him that I've seen. If you have an update, please let us know in the comments below. Um, but he hasn't pitched since August 5th. Owen Murphy pitched, uh, made his second appearance since being drafted this past week. Three innings, one hit, no walks, no earned, three strikeouts. Been really good in his first two outings there at the FCL Rookie League. Through two games, he's pitched five innings, allowed just two hits with no walks, no earned, and seven strikeouts. J.R. Ritchie, two and a third innings this past week. One hit, one walk, no earned, three strikeouts. Through two games, he's gone four and a third, two hits, one walk, no earned, and four strikeouts. So he's been solid as well. Justin Henry Malloy, four for 12 this past week with a run, three runs batted in, two walks, and two strikeouts. Since joining Mississippi, he's slashing 278, 397, 407 with five doubles, three homers, 20 runs, 19 runs batted in, 21 walks, and 32 strikeouts. So getting on base at a high clip. Bryce Elder this past week, five innings. Four hits, one walk, four earned. He gave up two home runs, seven strikeouts. You know, you look at it, just four hits and one walk, but the hits he gave up were costly. But otherwise, with a solid start from Bryce Elder. And then Cal Conley, not a great week for him. Two for 16, a double, three walks, five strikeouts. That rounds out our top 10. Now going uh, team by team, just looking at some of the top performances from past week. Hernan Perez at Gwinnett with 11 for 22. That's a 500 a average for you mathematicians. Three doubles, a homer, five runs scored, eight runs batted in, two walks, three strikeouts, and three stolen bases. So a good week there for Hernan Perez. Down at Mil uh, Mississippi, Cody Milligan, seven for 19, all singles, two runs, no runs batted in, a walk, three Ks, and a strikeout. He has a 410 on-base percentage this year. So talking about on-base percentage machines, Cody Milligan, has been that this season in the Braves' farm system. Cade Burnell, 6 for 15, two doubles and a homer. Tanner Gordon, a lot of great starts at Mississippi this past week. Tanner Gordon, Nolan Kingham, Rodery Munoz, and Alan Winans all had really good starts this past week for Mississippi, who had a doubleheader on Sunday, so they missed a, a game this week. Rome played just four games this week because of rain. Bo Phillip. Was 5 for 13 with a double, a homer, four runs, three runs batted in, four walks, two strikeouts, and a stolen base. And then Royber Salinas with a good start as well. Five innings, two hits, no walks. Good to see that from him. No walks, no earned, and five strikeouts. And finally, for Augusta, 
Raldi Munoz, not to be confused with Rodri Munoz, uh, was good for Augusta. Three innings, no hits, a walk, no earn, and six strikeouts. Samuel Strick, Strickland, five innings, two hits, three walks, no earn, five strikeouts. And then recent draft pick, Justin Giannis, seven for 21 with two doubles and two walks. I want to mention a couple of other recent draft picks as well. Drake Baldwin, catcher uh, for the Braves, they just drafted. Three for 16 this past week, so cooled off a little bit. Had a double walk and four strikeouts. Blake Burkhalter, their fourth pick in the past draft. Still just a one appearance that was not good for the reliever out of Auburn. David McKay had a good week again at Augusta. Eight for 26, a double, a homer, three runs, three runs batted in, a walk and eight strikeouts. Ignacio Alvarez, who got off to a hot start, cooled off this past week, just three for 18 with two walks and four strikeouts. And then Kevin Kilpatrick, I want to mention him. Another guy drafted late by the Braves, but I liked, had a lot of tools. Uh, five for 14, a double and two walks. So interested to see his progression outfielder for the Atlanta Braves. Like I said, looks like he just has a, a lot of tools just from the videos that I've seen uh, fast, can hit, all of that. So interested to see how he progresses. That's our minor league update for the week. Hopefully you enjoyed that. There's some other prospects on here you would like to hear mentioned. Just let me know. Uh, But a lot of good stuff there. Really exciting stuff for the Braves minor league system with these recent uh, draft picks being sent into uh, the Braves farm system. So really excited about that. All right, next, I want to set you up for the week and talk about the Braves and Pirates and Jake Odorizzi. Is this his last chance to stay in the Braves rotation? We'll talk about that next. The Atlanta Braves go back out on the road to play three against the Pirates this week, then an off day on Thursday, and then three in the week over the weekend in St. Louis and against a red-hot Cardinals team. And watch out, you throw a lefty against Albert Pujols. He's on fire right now. One of the more exciting stories in all of baseball. We'll talk about that more later in the week. Uh, but should be a good week for the Atlanta Braves, an opportunity to pick up some more wins, hopefully gain some ground in the NL East. But you can't let up. I just talked about the fact that They've been playing great baseball lately. Just played great baseball last week against two of the better teams in all of baseball. Can't let up against the Pirates team who, let's face it, is not good. They've lost five series in a row. They're four for 12 in their last 16 games. You can't have a letdown here. You got to keep your foot on the gas pedal. You got to keep playing great baseball every time out. And hopefully we see that from the Braves as they head to Pittsburgh. And in Monday's game, it's going to be Jake Odorizzi versus Ronzi Contreras for the Pittsburgh Pirates. And for Odorizzi, for me, this is his last chance. He's 0-2 with the Braves, a 593 RA, a 2.05 whip, 13-2 thirds innings, 22 hits, 6 walks, 9 earned, and 8 strikeouts. That's just not going to cut it. And I feel like he's a better pitcher than that. Maybe not much, but... I feel like he's a better pitcher than that. To his credit, in the games he's pitched, for the most part, he's kept the team in the game through five innings, and that's really all you can ask of out of your fifth starter. But I feel like there's better options. Ed Gwinnett, Muller is capable of coming back on Sunday. Uh, When his 15 days are up, Bryce Elder could come back on Monday. Ian Anderson could come back at any time at this point. But... I feel like he still needs some things. There's some things he needs to work on. For me, it's Muller. You got the off day on Thursday, so you can stretch out the rotation a little bit. And I believe you can bring Muller back on Sunday to replace Oda Rizzi if this start does not go well. 
And honestly, if it doesn't go well against the Pirates, I don't have much hope for him going forward. Look, I don't expect him to start and do well against the Mets and the Astros and the best teams of the world. But against a team like the Pirates, I need you to give me a quality start. And so hopefully we get that from Odorizzi on on Monday. And then Ronsney Contreras on the other side. He's gone six innings in his last two starts. He's missed over a month of time uh, returning on August 17th his most recent outing, gave up four earned on six hits and four walks over six innings with three strikeouts against the Red Sox. He started against Atlanta back on June 10th. He uh, went four and two-thirds, gave up three runs on eight hits and a walk with seven strikeouts, uh, far too many strikeouts against Ronsley Contreras. Want to see the Braves, obviously, with a good approach here, continue approach. You know, they had most of last week. They really, the last two games against the Astros, the offense was a bit frustrating you know, especially you take out those extra innings on Saturday. Offense was really frustrating. Want to see them come out, have a better approach here. You know, add add on runs, scored, you know, middle, early, late, like we've seen them do when they've been playing great baseball. There's too many innings we saw in these last couple of games against the Astros. And credit the Astros pitching, that is really good. But just too many innings where the Braves seem to be giving at-bats away. I want to see them get back in more of the rhythm, having great at-bats every time up every inning putting pressure on the opposing pitcher. Hopefully we see that on Monday night and you may need it with Jake Odorizzi on the mound. And I'm going to mention the New York Mets have two games against the New York Yankees. Yankees been struggling mightily lately and the Mets are throwing Max Scherzer and Jacob DeGrom at them in these two games. So a great chance for the New York Mets, honestly, here to, to take two more games against their, uh, in-state rivals there who they swept in a two-game series just a couple of weeks ago. So Braves got to continue to win. That's all they can really do at this point. You know, look, I would love for them to come back and win the NL East. I feel like they've dug themselves too deep of a hole to do that with their bad play to start the season and with that series up in New York, you know, not at least winning two of those games. But they still have an opportunity to do so, but they're going to need some help. And the Braves got to take care of their own business. They have to try and win each and every single game the rest of the way in order to do that. And again, hopefully that starts on Monday night with a series against the Pirates. And we'll be back tomorrow talking about all of that. Thank you for making Locked On Braves your first listen of the day. Now go make your second listen, Locked On MLB podcast, where MLB expert Paul Francis Sullivan brings humor, passion, and a unique perspective on every team. And again, thanks for making Locked On Braves your First listen of the day, be sure to follow us on Twitter at LockedOn underscore Braves. You can follow me at ShortstopBall. Make sure that you rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast, and we will talk to you next time. Hey, this is Stacey Gotsoulias. D.C. Lundberg. Ryan Finkelstein. Taylor Blake Ward. Host of Locked On Yankees. Locked On Mariners. Locked On Mets. Locked On Angels. And you're listening to Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. 